This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to the MK1 podcast. Um, our first podcast in a few weeks, actually, isn't it? Obviously, the last time we were chatting to you guys, it was after our uh, relegation to League 2, which isn't the most pleasant episode in the world. Um, but we thought after a couple of weeks break that myself and Joe would come back onto the pod and just chat about a few things that happened in the club um, over the past couple of weeks, a few things that maybe haven't happened over the past couple of weeks. So before we get started, Joe, how are we? Yes, I'm. Uh, I'm refreshed. I'm raring to go. Um, not loads to talk. Well, there is quite a bit to talk about, bit. I guess. Um, enough to get ourselves uh, our teeth stuck into. Uh, we had a one week hiatus, an international break, maybe if you will. Um, but yeah, we're back, and um, yeah, well, it's, it's an interesting episode, isn't it? In the pre-season and things like that, it's all open to interpretation, really, isn't it? So it's a. It's nice to have a little bit of a different format for, for today. Yeah, I mean, we can definitely talk about stuff that hasn't been announced yet. As you mentioned, Joe, obviously no pre-season games just yet. Of course, no new manager just yet, um, which we'll touch upon later on the episode. But something that has actually been released and had to have been released by a certain point is the club's retain list for the 2022-23 season. And it was an interesting read that, there's obviously there's some surprise names maybe you thought would potentially stay. There's also some surprise names in the actual players that are retained for next season. Um, and we've got we've got a position position breakdown as to how that all lays out for next season so far. But some headline figures for you in terms of that retaining list that was released um around about this time last week. So currently 19 players in the contract. Um so the two players who had the club options exercised in Mo Issa and Zach Jules, who will both be here next season under contract. And then there's an additional 17 players who were immediately under contract for next season, regardless of what happened, um, whether we get shaded up or got relegated, things like that. In terms of players that um, are currently, it's nine players currently who are potentially out of the door at Stadium MK. Um, the notable names, uh, aside from some youngsters, being uh, Bradley Johnson, uh, Sully Kaikai, David Martin, Josh McEachran, uh, Franco Ravazzoli, and Tanai Watson. So, Joe, obviously we've got a we've got a breakdown of the squad um, that are actually here next season for now. But in terms of the players that are potentially on their way out of Stadium NK on the thirtieth of June currently, is there any names there that maybe surprised you a little bit? Um, I mean, there's a couple which I maybe would have liked to have kept, but I don't think I'm. 
you know, this is one thing which we did say about how the the work that went on last summer and basic was basically rectifying what was an exceptional summer, which left us with basically no players. And in terms of the amount of players, we're, we're in a pretty healthy position. You could argue, actually, maybe we've got a couple, few too many players. Um, but, you know, tonight, he, he was solid enough in League One, but I don't think he particularly, I mean, he was the one that people were most upset about. Um, but I don't know about you, Liam, but a wing, you know, Harvey gets absolutely torn to shreds, but he had, I think it was six goals and assists this season from left wing back. And Tanai had 30 games and zero goals and zero assists. And a lot of the time, you know, it was his defending wasn't even, you know, that sort of standout. So, you know, I think we've seen how good tonight can be. But for me, this season, it was nowhere near the levels of the that we saw in the second half of um, the season under Liam Manning. Um, Josh McEachran, he's had a good couple of two and a half years. Shame to see him go, but I think he's one of them where... You know, maybe we're just going for a different profile in that midfield. We saw the difference with Magoma having a bit of legs in that midfield, what difference that can make. And maybe in League Two, we don't necessarily need a ball-playing midfielder just like JMC. Um, but yeah, sad to see him go. But ultimately, you know, we, we've got plenty of players still. Um, and then Sully Kaikai, yeah, he added that bit of quality towards the end of the season. Um, disappointed to see him go, but realistically... I don't think I think the reason he signed a six month loan was because he wasn't prepared to come into League Two with us. Um, so I can't begrudge him that really. Um, other than that, you know, Franco obviously he played what maybe six or seven games in his two and a half years or so. He, he was a nice guy and he, he was good around the place, I'm sure. But I think maybe you know you need a bit more than that to. He, he's not. He wasn't going to challenge to be the number one keeper. And, you know, I think Ronnie Sanford, maybe they view as being an, an adequate number two, potentially. So, um, yeah, I think uh, overall, in terms of who's left, I don't think there's any clangers as such, Liam. I don't know what, you know, do you along those lines as well? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'll, I'll stick to the headline names of, of Kai Kai, uh, Watson and McEachern in terms of my thoughts overall. So I think the rest were, we were expecting to maybe go and would understand if, you know, why the club didn't want to renew their contracts or the players wanted to maybe leave the club overall. But, Yes, I think the main one I was like disappointed about, but I understood why he wants to leave. But like yourself, Joe is Kai Kai. Um, I think if he managed to keep Kai Kai in League Two, I'd be obviously shocked, but also over the moon. I think he's a really, really fantastic player and showed his quality in multiple positions last season, whether it be wing back, um, you know, obviously taking over the reins from and tonight Henry Lawrence in many ways in that position. And also as part of the front three, uh, part of, as part of the season with Leco and um, Isa for some parts. So, yeah, he's a player I'd like to have kept, um, but I completely understand why he doesn't want to be in League 2. He's definitely a top half League 1 player for me. Um, and I think I mentioned to people, other fan groups, teams like Derby, Wickham, Portsmouth, I think they'll be all over him next season in terms of trying to offer him a contract, um, maybe again for Wickham in some senses, uh, but that type of club in terms of where he could be in, in League 1 and I think if he applies stuff like he did at Don's, he should have a pretty decent time there. Um, McEachran, to be honest, I was a bit 50-50 on McEachran and I'm the same as Sinai Watson. Um, obviously, Josh had a fantastic season under Liam Manning and season before last. And I think this season, whilst he did have his moments of quality and games and sort of strings of games where he played really well, but overall he was below par. And I think you could tell that he just wasn't 
wasn't 100% into the projects the start of the season. And obviously it was, it was a tough start and everyone knew how bad we were overall um, before Christmas came along. And I think he struggled to get going and struggled to find that motivation to actually give that 100%, much like some of the squad really. So him him potentially going um, come the 30th of June, whilst it is frustrating and whilst I think he'd be really good in League 2, um, I'm not overly concerned. And obviously we're, we're speaking about this about having a manager currently. So... For all we know, the manager could not even want Josh McEachran. So the fact that he is going maybe isn't a bad thing, but it also could be a bad thing. We don't really know. So I suppose when it comes to whatever we're saying, we're sort of trying to predict where the club are trying to be thinking and why they would let someone of Josh McEachran's quality in some senses go for League Two. But could this be a player choice? And I think it is a player choice with Tanai Watson. Um Again, I'm I'm not that fussed that he's going. Um, obviously, people liked him. I think he had a decent-ish season last season. This season, for me, I mean, Joe, you highlighted that as wing back. You know, getting zero goal contributions of thirty games in a wing back is is pretty ridiculously bad. And we all know that he was quite a conservative fullback who would always, instead of running forward, he would always turn back and try and play into the midfield. Um, as a four, potentially he could work as a right back, but. Definitely not as a wing back, and I think I think the club with the amount of centre backs we do have, um, and going into next season in terms of the high quality ones, you would like to think that potentially the free back is the focus. But for me tonight, um, not too worried about him leaving, and he'll get league one offers. And and just to add on that, his best moments in the season really came at right centre back when he actually moved into the middle, and he was able to just be quite solid. And, you know, the odd run forward rather than, you know, consistently we need to rely on him for our whip, which I just felt that he, he struggled a little bit with. Yeah, yeah. And I think a bit like Oyogake when he was here, obviously the one performance we see Oyogake play well in was that right centre-back role against Watford. Um, so I think we had a lot of players who suited a certain system and for whatever reason, we didn't go back to that system a lot. Um, and yeah, it was a whole mismatch of systems, formations, managers and bit of a mess of a season so I think you know trying to whilst we do have quite a lot of players as I mentioned in, in 19 currently contracted I think a lot of them are young players a lot of them are projects overall and um, of course with the four players going back to their loan clubs in Jamie uh, Cumming, Henry Lawrence, Paris Agoma and Anthony Stewart um, there's a well overall quite a youthful feel to the team obviously there is some like obviously Louis and Grig maybe are on the youthful side unfortunately um, but I think the rest of them are all pretty young lads who you'd like to think would and could make an impact in League 2. Obviously, some potentially are not going to be here. I think the likes of, well, getting too far into the late in the episode, maybe Dan Kemp may be looking to move, but I think some of the others are should be preparing to go in League 2 and just see it as an opportunity rather than a, a hindrance to be relegated. I suppose we'll um we'll dive into basically the position breakdown of how we've got it, and we've gone from the sort of the top of the pitch um forwards. So we've started with the goalkeepers, Joe, this is probably the most worrying position out of them all. Um, the only currently uh, contracted keeper, I, I think it is. <laughs> the only currently contracted keeper in the club is, as you mentioned, Ronnie Sanford. Obviously, with with Franco and David leaving the club and Jamie Kevin returning to Chelsea. Um, obviously, it's going to be a position of focus in the summer, um, at least for a first-team keeper at the very minimum. What do you reckon? Not, not concerned at all. I You're think, not concerned um, at all? Well, I mean, obviously, if we the season starts now, I'd be very concerned, but it doesn't. And I think a lot of teams are moving towards this model 
of getting in a goalkeeper that's way too good for the league from, you know, a Premier League to a Championship team. Um, I think Accrington Stanley have been doing it for the last two or three seasons. Um, and Bolton, they've had James Trafford on loan for two seasons. Um, Lincoln, they've had Carl Rushworth on loan this season. Crew, James Beadle on loan this season. And these are all exceptional goalkeepers. Um, Portsmouth, they had Gavin Bazunu on loan last season. Um, and I think that a trend is, you know, Peterborough, they had two keepers on loan this season. Bergstrom. Mm-hmm. Um, and these top-level academies, you know, their goalkeepers play play pretty decent football. And, you know, OK, maybe that was one of the Cummins' weaker parts of his game. But I think, you know, I remember watching um, Lincoln when we went to Lincoln. Uh, did you, do you remember that, Liam? The goalkeeper, Carl Rushworth, he was yeah, amazing yeah. with his feet. He was brilliant with his feet. And I think that's what a lot of these, um, a lot of clubs now are, are willing to just, that goalkeeper position, they're just willing to just almost have, you know, a kid as the backup and then just get in a low knee. Now, of course, there does come a risk with that. And I may, maybe we won't go for a first loan. Or maybe we will decide, actually, do you know what? We're going to just go for an experienced League One, League Two head, you know, like a, I don't know, a Craig McGillivray uh, or Lee Burge, you know, it's that sort of style of player. But I think, you know, the trend we saw is in the last few years is we've gone quite young with our goalkeepers because we transitioned from Nichols to Fish. Um, and and then we went from Fish to Cumming. And it's I think I think that's a deliberate trend. And I think that's, you know, that's happened over a, a couple of different managers. So it's not just been, um, it, it was Liam Manning and, and Russell Martin that both, you know, went ahead with those those purchases. So for me, I think that, that that's what we're maybe going to look to do now. Maybe now we're in League Two, maybe we do decide that we actually, we want uh, an experienced goalkeeper on a permanent deal. But I, I'm quite... If it is to be a loan from a Premier League or a Championship team, that's absolutely fine with me personally. Yeah, yeah, it'd be an interesting. I think it's the most interesting position out of them all, actually, because I think once we hear that hear that net goalkeeper's name, we'll immediately go to Google, try and find out who he is, and probably realise that unless it is that experienced League One, League Two keeper, haven't, probably haven't heard of them at all. So it'll be a complete like open book as to how they play. And yeah, I think I would like to see a without going to profiles too much a player who can be a bit better with his feet than Jamie was, but ultimately Jamie's one of the best shots in the league in terms of saving actual goals and goals prevention. So having that balance is interesting. And again, it all depends on what the gaffer wants. Ultimately, that does come into the football club, but it'd be interesting to see how the club changed direction. I mean, that's the main point though, isn't it? It is, it's what, what does the, you know, who, who's the manager going to be? Is it, if it's going to be, you know, it's probably not going to be him, but if it's going to be Steve Evans, we're going to be getting someone that can kick the ball really far. And but if it's going to be, you know, Pep Guardiola, we're going to be needing someone that's good with his feet. So, um, I mean, just throwing two names out there, who knows? But you know, <laughs> it, it 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 just depends, doesn't it? And also, it depends as well, maybe with how young our backline is. If we maybe sign a couple of defenders that are quite young, maybe we do want an experienced head behind them in goal. That maybe that could come into play rather than having just full uh, full youngsters across the back line. Who knows? Um, but I think yeah, so much of it just depends on system and manager. To be quite honest with you, yeah. And I think fortunately for the the new gaffer and whatever system he wants to introduce, I think the back line is arguably the strongest part of the squad. Um, 
on paper at least anyway. So currently under contract next season, we've got a left back, Daniel Harvey and, and Brooklyn Alunga, who's obviously had a fantastic couple of loan spells, uh, most recently at Weldstone. And of course, you've got Dean Lewington, ever-present. Um, Warren O'Hora came back from injury towards the start of the season. Uh, Jack Tucker, who is in his second season now at the Dons, or coming up to it. And of course, Zach Jules, who had his option exercised by the football club. So, you know, Joe, four centre-backs there, two wing, uh, two left-backs. So, obviously, a right-back is obviously going to be a clear need with Tanai and Henry Lawrence both leaving the club this summer. Um, but overall, I think out of the all the groups I can see on our little pod sheet here, I think defence is arguably the strongest. Um, yeah, I think Harvey is more than good enough for League One. And Brooklyn Alunga looks to be a very able deputy. I think um, almost this is, it's not the best thing that could happen to Brook, but I would be very, very surprised if Brook gets loaned back out because he, he had a really impressive spell. I think sometimes he even played left wing actually at times or yeah. or in the back three i think in the back three he's almost your perfect left wing back isn't he because he's 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 half decent defensively but my word he can shift and get forward so i think he's a, a great little backup and someone to push harvey because you know we've said before he's not really had a that kick up the backside he's been pretty steady eddie and consistent and that's good but um maybe you know ilunga could could maybe push him a little bit and that would be good competition um, as you say, Warren O'Hora and Tucker, you know, despite what happened, there's, you know, Tucker was linked with championship moves last season before we before we got him. I think Reading wanted to sign him, but couldn't because of due to like they had a transfer embargo or they had um they they were restricted by the EFL. I think they were under a business plan or something like yeah. that. Um, Zach Jules, we triggered his option. Whether or not that's just to protect his value and then maybe sell him on. Um, I mean, we've tried to sell him for a couple of windows, really. But, you know, he's, he's come back and he's had his moments. I, I personally wouldn't want him as a starting centre-back unless we're maybe playing three at the back. But if we're playing three at the back, I'd very much anticipate that Dean Lewington will be that left centre-back role. Um, but, yeah, Warren Ahura is clearly probably going to have some people looking at him from the top end of League One. To be quite honest with you, I think um, that this is one where, on paper, it looks quite strong now. But you could very easily maybe see maybe a Scottish Premier League team come in for Dan Harvey, or a a, a high end League One team maybe come in for Warren O'Hara. And at that point, you maybe say, "Oh, if they if they offer us a decent bit of money, it's a chance to get some wages off." You know, I, I don't think we will so unless it's it's obviously a good deal for the club. Um, but, you know, and one thing we do know is that Harvey was and Tucker have probably all got at least two years left on their deals. So I don't think we need to sell. Um, the only one I think is maybe maybe Jules we might look to move on. But there seems to be a good nucleus there and an exciting youngster in, in Ilunga as well. Yeah, every time I've watched Brooke, I actually really, really liked him. I've seen him Papa John's games a couple of times last season. And, you know, kept an item during Wildstone. Yeah, he's a really, really good player. And I think, actually, Russell Martin took a liking to him when he first joined the club. So the fact that he's progressed on well since then and got involved in the first team, obviously, in the league and the cup. I mean, obviously, had good loan spells. Yeah, it's a good sign. And he's still really young as well. So I think he's got a... In terms of the, the actual academy, we haven't had a decent player for the academy in a little while, probably since Kaz. Um, so the fact that Brooke is starting to come through is a, is a very, very good sign. Uh, Midfield-wise, um, I've got five names down here. Um, so Connor Grant, who was the young player of the season from the pre season just gone. 
Uh, of course, Dawson DeVoy, who you know, you'd like to think this is his first real season in English football. Uh, Dan Kemp, who, of course, was at Hartlepool last season and certainly made some waves there. Unfortunately, couldn't keep them up, but certainly gave his best shot. Ethan Robson, who technically is his third season at the football club, but his second full season. And then Matt Smith, who obviously came, was coming from Man City and hasn't had much game time since he joined, uh, but has gone to a, a World Cup. Um, so, Joe, I look at that group and outside of maybe Connor, obviously Dawson showed potential, but there's not much there for me that I'm that, that, that excited about. No, but I mean, it's one of them again where you look at it on, on let me stress, on paper. On paper. Not from what we have seen with our very eyes. But, you know, Matt Smith, he's had a couple of seasons in League One, I think with Doncaster on loan. He had a season in the second division in Holland where he was absolutely ripping it up. And I think it actually under Manning, he was playing quite a lot. And then he went to the World Cup and then Jackson came in. And he just did not get a look in at all. Was it a Jackson so player wonder, there, was he? I, so this is the thing. I wonder whether maybe he's going to be re-energized. Because you know, let's face it, he's probably still got another year or so left on his deal. He's been here 18 months. So I dare say he's got another year, maybe even another year after, maybe another option after that, potentially. So, you know, at the end of the... No matter what happens, he could he'll either, you know, maybe have an option with us for next season or he'll be needing to play to try and get some you know, get and secure a deal somewhere else. So I think that, you know, maybe Smith just needs to kick up the backside because, you know, he could be very unfairly treated for all we know. Or he just maybe, he wasn't pulling his weight under Jackson. We just do not know. And I think the same goes for Robson. There's clearly a player of decent pedigree as such, but we've just not seen it. And we were, we, well, last season, we certainly didn't see it. And I think it's one of them where, a clean slate will do those boys good, I think, or could do them good. If not, the new manager might come in and say, oh, right, yeah, well, I can see why the other managers didn't like them and say, yeah, uh, Miss, hello, Peter Winkleman, please, can you get rid of these for me? <laughs> um, so I think it's all, it's very much uh, on paper, not too bad, but we'll wait and see. Kemp, again, I don't think he, he never really got a chance with us. And I think it yeah. was very clear that he was a squad signing and Matt Lee and Manning's squad signing. And I think because of how big our squad was, and let's face it, there's probably people on higher money, higher money, or we had low knees that came in who were being expected to play. So I think Kemp almost fell victim of that. And he didn't even get games in the FA Cup, which I just thought was, you know, a bit harsh as such. Um, but we've seen what he can do in League Two. He, he galvanised that Hartlepool team and they nearly completed the impossible. Um, so he had a very, very good... Um, you know, end to the season, but maybe his face doesn't fit and we're just looking to move him on potentially. But um, yeah, Grant and DeVoy, I think solid players, solid enough players. They showed glimpses and hopefully we can get a full consistent season out of them. So yeah, for me, I think it's Robson, Smith and Kemp who I don't really know where they stand at the moment. All, all there's, there's a player in each and every one of them and at League Two, maybe that player could be unlocked. Yeah, particularly with Dan, I think his Hartlepool loan showed you, you can make him happy and actually give him the game time that he maybe feels he wants and or maybe even deserves that you know, he'll, he'll get your goals ultimately. And League 2 is a funny old league and players who you think are absolutely rubbish to suddenly pop up and get 15 goals and five assists out of nowhere. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a league of second chances, League 2. And I think we've certainly got a group of players here who... 
need to well not maybe not don't deserve a second chance but have the opportunity do have to give us a second chance and give this sort of careers second chance at this football club and um it's inter- it's an interesting one and i think the same goes for some of the forwards actually in that sense obviously a big group really because we included wingers and strikers into this so a whole mix of players really uh, Dara Burns is the first name on our list. Obviously, this is would be his first, again, a bit like Devoy's first real season in English football. Didn't really play much last season, got injured at a pretty pivotal time when transition from Manning to Jackson happened. And unfortunately, a bit like Smith and maybe even uh, someone like Devoy didn't really get too much game time, maybe because of how physically, physically built he was at the time. Jonathan Lecco saw a lot of game time second half of the season. It was one of the main January signings. Should have flashes of what he could do, um, but ultimately, I think sometimes it's still a bit too much Jonathan on the ball uh, compared to some of the other players. Uh, Max Dean, a uh, fan favourite, uh, coming in with Jacko um, in January as well. Got Scott's crucial goals actually, and I think the hope is that in in his second season or his first full season with the club, he can kick, he can kick on. Uh, Matt Dennis returns on loan from Chelsea United. Didn't get a lot of game time out there, so interesting to see where he sits in terms of the squad next season. Will Grigg, of course, came in. Um, I think a lot of people were surprised to see he got more than a one-year contract at the start of last season. Um, but I'm assuming this will be his final year of his contract at the club. So, how striker of that level at League 2 is in, it's an interesting one. The same with Mo Issa, of course, having his uh, club option exercised by uh, MK Dons. So, he is here, um, at least for now anyway, uh, depending on, I'm sure there'll be a lot of League 1 suitors after Mo. And Nathan Holland, um, on the second year of his deal, uh, came in last season, uh, got mixed reviews from Don's fans overall. Um, but again, a player like that, you would like to think can do something in League Two. So, Joe, when you look at that list, obviously, I'm sure there's some standouts there for you, but some high impact players and some players who potentially didn't get the ground or get the ground going. What's what's the word? I was saying something like hit that. Hit the ground run. Hit the ground running. There you go. Thank you very much. Um, but overall, it's, uh, it's, it's I think it's a starting group of players, actually. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe we'll break this down into wingers and strikers. Go for perhaps. it. Perhaps. Um, yeah, Dara Burns, you know, we, he, he scored, he, you know, produced probably the best moment of our season last year in terms of that away win at Watford. And it was a brilliant strike. And and this is where as well, I don't I do, I do appreciate the physicality shout, but, you know, that Watford team were, bloody massive yeah and he he played well all game and every time this is the same for Devoy every time they played in cup games you could see the quality a mile off and I think he got injured at a bad time and when we were then in the running towards the end of the season I think with Jackson he was just going for he, he basically had an 11 and he he wasn't willing to try anything and you know rightly or wrongly you know, he he had that trust in those certain players and he wasn't willing to just change things for the sake of it. Um, but yeah, I, again, I think he's got another chance. You know, he's got, he's going to be here for at least another year, um, maybe even two, unless, of course, we decide to move him on. But I can't see that personally because he, he has got that potential and we've seen flashes of it. Um, Jonathan Lecco, again, he's probably going to be one of our higher earners, but we saw glimpses of what he can do. And I know people say, oh, you know, at times he weren't great. And this goes for Holland as well. You know, Holland's return in League One really wasn't anything to write home about. But we saw flashes of real, real quality. And I just want to sort of, 
I'm going to use Kieran Agard as an example. Now, a lot of people know my opinion on Kieran Agard. And Your favourite I mean, striker. Essentially, my view was that uh, no matter what happened in that League Two season, he should not have been offered a new contract. And the reason for that is I think a lot of people don't kind of account for, how, like, you know, for someone like Nathan Holland, for instance, he really didn't light the world up last season. But there, there is a big, big difference in, in quality between leagues. And just to run through Kieran Agard's career, just like uh, from 14, uh, here we go. So from the 14-15 season in League One, he scored 13 goals. In the Championship, the next season, he scored two. Then the next season, he's then joined us. And in League One, he scored 12. And then he scored six in League One. The next season in League Two, he then scored 20. Now, the previous sort of four seasons before that, where he'd played in League One, he'd scored 12, 6, 13. And so, you know, you'd be looking at that going, yeah, which for a striker, pretty average. It's not not great. But then all of a sudden you score 20 in League Two. We then get promoted. We decide to give him a new two-year deal back in League One. He proceeds to then score two, then zero goals in League One. And it's one of those things where, it, 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 you know, it, I think you, you have to account for the drop in the division. And I think these attacking players, you know, Nathan Holland, I think he got five goals and five assists in 19 starts the season before last at Oxford. Um, you know, he's clearly got ability and so is Lecco. And I think maybe playing at that lower level can give them the confidence that they need to be con- performing consistently week in, week out. Um, I mean, do you want to maybe touch on the strikers and maybe just, um, you know, yeah, start on I the mean, strikers or anything to add on the wingers? About, no, you mentioned about the Kagasi stuff and I think leading to strikers, I think Will Grigg is the perfect example, isn't he? I don't know how many goals he got this season, but it was around that five, six, seven mark in the league. And he could easily get 15, 20 in the league next year if he gets to service, surely. I mean, yeah, yeah, but I mean, we, who, who are the top? Let's let's just right here we go. This is very on the cuff, and it may not work at all. But the League Two top scorers this season. Let's have a quick look. Christian, uh, there you go. Christian Dennis is a perfect example. He's not been in League One for years, has he? No, yeah, because he was at Notts County years ago, and he did nothing. Um, um, oh, here we go. Omar Bogle. How many times he he got moved to Wigan, Cardiff. Um, and do you remember he was in League One and the, the Championship and he did absolutely nothing but you drop down a couple of divisions and all of a sudden you know it's not necessarily that you're a bad player it's just a different level it just is a different level it's a drop in the level and um, it, it's just it's very stark I think and I think it, it, you know you've got to account for, for that it's it, you can't just underestimate you can't just write someone off because they might have been crap in a certain league because you're going to be playing against worse players. And and funnily enough, Will Grigg, when he scored his goals, he scored it against a really crap Charlton team. He scored two against a really, really crap Morecambe team. Um, so, you know, it could be, and as you say, you know, if he's got getting the service, well, you know, even if he was getting the service in League One, he probably would have scored a fair few more. What are your thoughts on Max Dean heading into this season? Obviously, a player who got very limited game time, was protected by Jackson. Jackson's not there anymore. Is he going to be more exposed, would you say, this year? 
I mean, I, I think you've almost got to lump Dean and Dennis in together, haven't you? I think you do, yeah. I mean, you've got Greg, Greg and Isa, who are the senior heads. You could maybe see one of them moving on, potentially us trying to move their wages on. I'd imagine that they're two of the higher paid people at the club. Um, but Dean and Dennis, I mean, Dennis in flashes was exciting, but I think, you know, he, he then just wasn't in the team for six weeks and then we see him come off the bench and I think he was exciting, but with no end product. Whereas Dean, he, he really did seem to have that bit about him, didn't he? And okay, I'm not expecting Dean, Dean to go on and score 15 goals this season, but I think he can very much be the sort of second or third choice striker, Max Dean. And I think he'd be happy with that. With Dennis, do you know what? I really, I really don't know. I really don't know because there clearly is something there, but for me. We never saw it consistently enough. And even when he had his run of starts, there was always just, you know, oh, he just didn't pass at the right time or he didn't shoot. And even in the cup games against lesser opposition, we didn't necessarily, you know, he's, not, he's still so young, though. He's still so young. So, I mean, maybe a, a National League loan might not be out of the question because so many people were calling for Dennis to play. He went on loan to the league below, to Sutton United, and he barely got a game in League 2 last season. Yeah, and I'm just checking out, but it wasn't like Sutton had like a massive amount of goals in their team either. I'm just about to check your top goal scorers. And I mean, their top, maybe oh, there's, top things, maybe there's things off the pitch. Maybe there's things off the pitch which maybe influence that. Maybe it's not just a football thing. You know, he's still young. He he, he might not be... You just don't know. That's the thing. There's yeah, so, so many like, things... Their top goal scorer was, was Omar Bugle with six goals. He was a forward. The next forward on that list is Donovan Wilson, who... Funny enough, I actually quite liked a couple of years ago. He got three goals. I, um, Lee Angle Go, got is this, three is goals. Is this your level for us? Is that Leo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like, if he can't get if he can't get goals and even minutes in, in that team, it it's not a good look. But as you said, like it, this could just be a bad situation for him overall. It, it's a hard yeah. one to say, and the new gapper could generate that spark in him. He gets five, ten goals in this league and produces an impact who knows I mean and it could also be a thing like you know as I've said with Holland and Burns they might not have been the most physical um, like you know Leko and Kai Kai they really sort of threw themselves into challenges and were you know going shoulder to shoulder with people whereas Holland and Burns may be a bit more skillful and silky but you know still have a fair amount of quality but maybe a, a, a new manager might just not fancy them um, I think it's just so much up in the air because we just don't know what sort of manager we're going for. And, you know, is this the new manager even going to be playing wingers or is he going to be playing wing backs? And, that, and in that case, then, you know, maybe Burns and Holland, because, uh, I mean, essentially they were brought in as Manning wanted to play for all the back, but Manning abandoned that. So, you know, because I think we, you know, we saw the, the players that we signed in, in January, we signed Leco, who can play up front, and we signed. Um, Kaikai, who can play wing-back or winger. You know, we signed versatile players. We didn't just sign players that are quite tricky on the wing, in the like we did in the summer. So, it, as as with everything, I think we've pretty much said in the last half an hour to an hour, it depends. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, so let's stop skirting around and actually chat about this manager or lack of manager situation at the moment. So I think there's been a... An interesting movement like the past couple of days. Obviously, there's been a couple of favourites in thinking Cowley and Appleton who have always been up there. And I think, you know, I think I understand I understand why many straights obviously Cowley is or the Cowleys have got a pretty, you know, interesting relationship with the EFL. Obviously, done a lot of work with Lincoln. That's kind of been their shining example over recent time. Went to Pompey. Didn't particularly set it off there, but you know, I think every every manager in every sort of setup sometimes has a bit of a a dud before it moves on to another place. And obviously Appleton has managed at a much higher level and I think it's had success elsewhere. But I think as of yesterday, Joe, we saw a bit of movement in um a, a, a Scottish manager, which I think when people heard the word Scottish and manager together, they kind of um chit themselves a little bit based off our previous experiences. But obviously Graham Alexander came up and he's, he's obviously if he was at Solford before, he's been in uh, Europe with Motherwell. Obviously, had successful playoff campaigns with Salford and uh, Fleetwood um, at the higher levels. So, and of course, it's also Thomas Gunford, I believe, as well. So, three names there that are interesting. If you were, say, Pete Winkleman, Liam Sweeting, would there be any of out of those three names? Would there be anyone that you'd be sort of sort of steering towards? The name take reasons why. It's a really interesting list. Um, I mean. I think all three of them have experience in League Two, so that's a big tick. So I like I like them for that reason. Um, I, I think with all of them, I don't, I don't think I'd be disappointed with any of them as such. But I think my preference would be leaning towards Graham Alexander or um, or Michael Appleton, because I think with Appleton. His track record of working with young players is, is second to none, really. I mean, he got Oxford promoted, playing a really attacking style of play. Um, and then he nearly got Lincoln promoted. And that was with um, the team that a lot of people may remember with Brennan Johnson and Morgan Rogers, um, a really youthful team. And they actually sold, I think they had Cohen Bramble, which who then moved on to Blackburn Rovers. Um, they had re- a couple of players in that team, which were really, really exciting. And they played some great football. Um, so, and uh, you know, okay, right, it didn't work out for him at Blackpool. He's maybe not, as a man-manager, maybe he, he doesn't necessarily endear himself to the fans. I know there's a few things that, I mean, they're accusing him of being a Preston fan and <laughs> stuff like this. So I think there's a few things going on with that. But, um, yeah, th- there you go. But, that, but again, I, I'd, I'd be quite excited by that point. Um, Graham Alexander, I think, what, what's the quote, Liam? Have you got the quote from Gary Neville? there um i'll get off my phone quickly um but yeah he essentially said and i'll get i'll, I'll find it quickly one second 
so of course Graham Alexander, he's formerly of um uh, he went he was initially at Fleetwood manager in his first appointment, then Scunthorpe, um, and then moved on to Salford, which is yeah, and and Gary Neville after basically he got he got sacked from Salford. Um, I think towards the start of the nineteen twenty season actually, and, and Gary, Gary Neville came out and said I think after that season in in the sort of aftermath of it, saying uh, last season being nineteen twenty. Um, to be fair, Graham Alexander should never have left this club. Um, being Salford, I should never have made that decision I made. Um, and to be fair to to be fair to Graham, and when I first heard his name, I was a bit like, oh, okay, it's an interesting one. But I feel like some other people on socials I think I've I've grew to like the idea of him in some ways. I'm not I'm not sure he fits the mold of an MKN's manager that we've maybe previously had, but ultimately, whereas that got us back down to League Two, so it's a manager who I think is a is a sensible a sensible role of the dice and someone's got a decent win percentage, particularly with Salford um at this level and obviously got success at this level also. And and with Graham Alexander as well, just I mean, I'm just talking about him compared to Appleton, just because I think Cowley's a little bit of a different beast in terms of you know, his is what he offers. But I mean, with Graham Alexander, he he averaged um he's had four main major uh men's jobs um, and he averages over two years at each job um, at, at Fleetwood he had 145 games, Scunthorpe 113, Salford 105 and Motherwell 69 now with Appleton you know he's actually had a couple of spells where he, he's been, only yeah. been there for, he was, at, he was at Blackpool for 29 games, he was at uh, Blackburn for 15, I mean that was 10 years ago but still, um, he was at Portsmouth for just 50 games um, so he's only had two sort of long spells at teams in terms and that was was Oxford and Lincoln so his average tenure is only just over a year um, so I think you know we're talking about that steady hand you know it, that seems to be what Graham Alexander has been so good at and his highest points per match actually came with Scunthorpe 2015 to well, he was appointed at the end of the 2015-16 season um, and he left um, in towards the end of 2018. And, you know, he, he averaged 1.7 points per match, which is, you know, that, that's, that's some going, really. Um, so I think that's just, you know, he has got pedigree in terms of being up and around the best part, you know, the better part of the table. And then I think as well, you know, that Motherwell side you mentioned about him taking them to Europe, they were, I think they were bottom when he took over in the January. Um, I don't know if he went to Europe that, that, that very season or whether it was the season after or whatever. But um, still, it's, it's not it's not a bad feat at all, is it, Liam? No, and obviously, listen, like, they didn't, they didn't qualify any, he got sacked after that, but that's not really the point. To take a club from the bottom of Scottish football to Europe, whether it's in six months or like 18 months it's still a pretty impressive feat considering how dominated that league is by two teams realistically um and yeah this one point point in Appleton like I think Graham's win percentage like overall in his career like the 444 games he's managed is like 43 percent whereas Appleton's yes he's bounced around a lot but it's only at 37.8 percent um and the only one time it's above 40 is Oxford so that was lead two to be fair at 45 percent but I think overall the more you look at Appleton, I think the more there, there's just so many red flags there, and I think I think the Cowley's reputation also has gone a slightly downhill since 
since Lincoln since the Lincoln days that they were so successful. Um, and I think fans will, will love the Cowleys, but in terms of actually getting us out of League Two, are they going to be the best people for that? Who knows? I mean, the win percentage is very I, I, good, but I mean, yeah, I think the, the thing is for me is does our squad work with what they what what they built at Portsmouth? You know, let's not forget their marquee signing was a six foot plus striker in Colby Bishop. And who did they used to have up front when they were at Lincoln? Oh, it was big Matt Reed, you know, and and their formation, preferred formation, tended to be a sort of four four two. Now, I understand, you know, Pete wanting to go after that experience, and I completely understand that. And I'm not a snob about style of play, but I'm almost just saying, yeah, but the players that we have in our team, I just don't feel would suit a Danny Cowley team, whereas Graham Alexander and Michael Appleton, it seems that, you know, they traditionally would play a 4-3-3. Now, of course, you know, we're saying that maybe Dean Lewington probably won't fit in if that's the case. But I think as well with Graham Alexander, he has been out of the game for a year. So for me, to me, that tells me that he's probably not just jumped to the first job that's come up. He's he's wanting to take something that he think is right for him. And he's probably learned a lot in that last year. So I think he'll know, you know, and along with Michael Appleton, I think they'll know Maybe may, they may be better suited to the squad we have. Whereas I think Danny Cowley, I don't think he's a bad manager by any stretch, but I think maybe what with the system that he would play, I just don't can't see that properly suiting us. I, I don't know about you, Lou. Yeah, I, I've not been. Well, I mean, obviously, I, I, we speak to the guys, I speak to Pompey, lads a lot about the seven general and what they were like under the Cowleys. And yeah, it wasn't particularly inspiring. They were, they were drawing a lot of games rather than actually going for games. And I think we had enough of that under, under Tisdale and Lee too, quite frankly. And it almost cost us promotion. Um, we were just very lucky. We had a, a super team up front and Chucks and, and Reese to get us out of league, uh, league two, to get us into league one again. But yeah, I think it would be quite a stressful experience under the Cowleys and, Whilst I understand the whole like media front facing approach they do have as as a team overall, I think fans really appreciate that. I'm not entirely sure they're the right people to be managing the team, and I think you are right in terms of style, Joe. We've got yeah a lot of young lads there who maybe don't suit what they would potentially go for. Um, and obviously the last two time the last two jobs since Lincoln have been not duds in particular, but particularly Huddersfield was a, was a rough, tough ride for him um, and Pompey didn't exactly go to plan. So, yeah, I, I think I think if I was in that boardroom, I think Alexander is probably the one that makes the most sense, but who knows? I mean, we're not in that boardroom, are we, Joe? So we can't really talk too much about it. No, no, exactly. And, and I don't think it's a case, you know, it's very much, I think, a collaboration, isn't it, between Liam and Pete? I think, I think it's quite on it. It's quite obvious what they've, you know what we need um but i think if if you could have a magic spell of someone to get you promoted then that'd be easy but you know i think there's different ways to skin a cat so to speak i just think for me personally i think someone with a bit of experience a steady hand and someone that can that suits the players essentially you know like i said steve evans wouldn't suit this group of players you know pep guardiola right okay I'm maybe saying the players might be, you know, <laughs> it might be a bit above <laughs> our station, perhaps. But um, it's, I think it's definitely one of them where, um, you know, we just need to have someone that can slot in because, as we said, so many of these players are, are contracted. So it's going to be one where 
we're not going to just be having a clear out and buying in 20 players that the manager wants this season. I think it's going to be, you know, maybe 10, 10 signings or something. So we shall see. Yeah, and obviously there's other names like Cottrell, Robinson, Williams, but I mean, realistically, none of those are coming in. So let's not worry about that too much. Um, but yeah, obviously, I'm sure the next episode and next time you'll hear from us is when hopefully we do have a manager in the door and we can chat more about um, rather than discussing around what players they maybe want and what positions and formations are going to play, we actually maybe know for sure. Um, so that'll be nice. Um, but hopefully this episode gave you a bit of an idea as to our thoughts on the retain list and you know, looking at the top of the manager market, who we potentially like and, and feels best suited to the club. Um, but yeah, that's it for us for now. Um, the next episode could be very soon or it could be in a couple of weeks' time. We don't really know at the moment. We're kind of just going with it and seeing what happens. But we wanted to give you guys uh, an episode. It's been a few weeks since we did that. And um, I imagine that you, well, I hope that you wanted to hear from us. So here we are. Uh, but until then, enjoy the weather. It's meant to be really nice this weekend and next weekend. So enjoy that. And uh, until we get a new manager in, come on, you dons. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport, powered by fans.